I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. All right, so today we have Drew T. Jackson, founder of Leadership Development and Executive Coaching, and he has about 15 years of public speaking experience. So let's see what he has to say. Hey, how's it going? Great. Great. How are you doing today? Wonderful. It's a great, a little warm here in Texas, but that's what pools are for, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which part of Texas are you from? I'm in Fort Worth, so right outside Dallas. Hmm. Okay, nice. So can you please begin by kind of telling me who you are, what you're about, what your message is? Yeah, definitely. So executive coach, leadership trainer, work with small businesses, 50 to 400 employees. And I'm really interested on the people side. I love helping people overcome challenges that they have, leadership challenges, communication challenges, mindset challenges around maybe how they view themselves and how that's limiting them in uh, moving forward in their, with confidence into leadership. Yeah, so that's that's just a little bit about me, kind of as an intro. I'm also, well, let me say this, just celebrated 20 years of marriage, Jimbo. And so, yeah, super excited about that. My wife and I went on a big road trip on the East Coast, so that was great. And we have five kids, five kids, and three dogs. So it's loud and crazy in our house. Nice, nice. And where did this all begin? Where did this passion start? That's a great question. Really through a mentor. I was a pastor years ago. And working in churches, I had a mentor in the church kind of expose me to leadership training, leadership development books. And I started to read them. And then I just started to get this. I like to say I became like a personal growth junkie. Right. And I just loved reading this material, bettering myself, growing. And that continued and continued and until the point where I got certified as a, as a coach and a trainer and decided to go a little different route vocationally and say, hey, I've had this experience with helping people, developing people in the nonprofit world, but that's kind of one vein. And I feel like I could really expand my horizons, help more people if I change channels and move into the business world and use my skill sets there and help people out. And so, so that's really where, where the origins came from. Mm-hmm. And when you began to do this, what was the first step? The first step, what do you what do you mean by the first step in starting a business or getting developing as a developing myself? What exactly do you mean by that? So when you discovered this passion in life, you know, and you kind of realized that you wanted to dive more into the for-profit world, what was the first step in all of that? That's a good okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the first step, man, getting the word out, right? <laughs> you gotta let people know that you're in business and, and you're going out and you're you're starting that thing. I mean, obviously there's a, there's the technical side of getting your bank account and all that kind of stuff, but really it's just it's it's letting friends and family know, hey, I'm making this transition into for-profit world. So if you're a business owner, I'd love to help you. I've got some classes going, and that's really how I started. Part of the reason why I made that transition was I was leading a church in Santa Barbara, California. And Mm -hmm. to build that church, I was going to the Chamber of Commerce, right? Many of us in in business are familiar with that. I was going to the local chamber and I would find business people, bank presidents, different folks come up to me and they kind of come in close and 
and look around to see if anybody's listening, you know, because I was the pastor in the group and, and they're like, hey, man, I would send out a weekly email. They'd say, I, I really like your email and what you're sending out. And I said, that's great. You know, fantastic. Why don't you come to a service on Sunday? And they'd go, oh, no, I'm, I'm not really the church type of person. And so I just that continued for a few years. I kept thinking about that. And I thought, wow, I really have an opportunity with business folks. They like me. They like, you know, how I present things, how I say things, but they're not interested in this arena, right? In, in, in the religious and the church arena, but I can really help a lot of people with what I have to share. And so that was kind of the origin. And I think it's always good to, before you step into something new like that, to determine if you have any, if you've had any success in the past in, in that area, you know, if your message has resonated, kind of test it out before you jump all in with with a particular thing. But uh, mm. yeah, that's kind of the origins of it for me of where it started and how I how I jumped into it. All right. And what was your first client per se when you started to do this? Yeah. So when I started, I did more of a group training. So individuals and it was it was really friends and family, people that I was you know, connected with on Facebook or LinkedIn or anything like that. And if they were a business owner, I reached out to them. I said, hey, I'm doing this leadership training and it's going to be a bunch of individuals coming to this thing, but there's going to be about 10, 12 people in there. And so I had construction uh, contractors. I had a guy with a, a microchip company and he sent one of his leaders to the training. I had other construction, I had a few different construction people that came to that meeting. I had some people from non, a nonprofit that came to the meeting and it was this random group of people, but that got me started. And I thought, okay, if I can fill this group, then I can, I can keep going. I got some money to move forward and, and repeat the process. And, and out of that, then I began to build more relationships with, with other organizations, mortgage companies like you listed in, in your information. Chick-fil-A eventually a few years later came along. I was able to make some connections there, gain some success there, and then multiply that with other Chick-fil-A's. And really just, you make connections, right? You make connections along the way and, and begin to develop those relationships and, and things open up. I think it's, it's about being consistent in going out there every day, going out to market, building those relationships, connecting with people. And that's, that's kind of how it's grown for me. So I'm hearing a lot that you value networking, kind of building connections. Why is networking so important? Well, we've all heard the cliche, right? Your, your network is your net worth, right? And, and, and who you know is, is what it's all about. I think a big part, when people think about networking, I think too often, I, I've been at events and you know I got some cards on my desk here, but we've all seen the, the guy or the gal that you're in these small little huddles at a, at a networking event and there's the, the person that walks up and they just go, hey, hey, Jimbo, my name's Drew. Nice to meet you. Shake your hand and give you a card, right? And then they do that to every single person. They walk away and they do that to the next group of people and they just repeat that over and over again. That is not networking, right? Sure. That's not what it means to network. That's just creating garbage for the landfills because I don't know you. You didn't have, I didn't have a memorable experience with you. I didn't connect with you in any way. And so I have no idea what you're about, except you sell insurance or you, you have a leadership company. You're a coach. Great. What kind, who do you talk to? Do I even like you? Do I like your personality? So what I try to encourage people when it comes to networking 
is when I think of networking, I think of creating synergy between people that I know. So if, if I meet you, I have a conversation with you and I find out that you have an IT company, but, uh, and this is someone I know, but it's called Blue Jeans Network because you know what? You did the corporate thing for a long time and you don't want to be the corporate IT company. You like to wear blue jeans and all your people are going to be a little more laid back. They're going to wear blue jeans. They're just as sharp as everybody else, but they just have a little more laid back approach. Okay, great. I've got this IT guy that, that has that. Well, now... In the process of time, I realized, hey, my friend was just talking about moving offices and they've got all those challenges. Let me make a connection. Let me say, hey, my buddy owns this company. I know you've got this new challenge that you're facing with getting your network set up in your, in your new building. Bam, let's connect you and make sure that everything's taken care of. That's what I think networking is. It's really connecting people and trying to create synergy for them. And eventually they go, wow, Drew's really helped me out. How can I reciprocate? How can I do that for him and return the, the favor? You know, you raise an extremely interesting point because what you're basically saying is a lot of people have the, the wrong perception of sort of what networking is. It's not about getting your name out there to as many people as possible. It's about building that connection. Yeah, it's the best way I've heard it said is networking is farming, not hunting, <laughs> right? <laughs> so people go to a networking event and they're like, I'm going to shoot me a new client today, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab them. I'm going to drag them out. And I'm, I'm going to, I got some business and maybe shooting them wasn't the right term, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's, it's capturing. <laughs> they think that if I go to this networking event, I'm going to capture business right there in that moment. And that is rare if it ever happens that way. What usually happens is you build a relationship, you plant some seeds, and then over the, that's, that's how I got Chick-fil-A. It was two years of consistent networking, right? Going, building relationships, serving, participating, adding value to others. And then someone says, hey, I kind of like how you present yourself. Let's have a conversation. We build, we build a relationship, we get success with that client. And then you ask them, hey, do you know anybody else that needs this? And now, right, we're, it just extends the, the farming analogy of now you're planting more seeds and they're more than happy to refer you because you've added value to them and helped them gain success. Hmm. And how did you exactly build these connections and these relationships and add value in your own personal career? So from a networking perspective, for me, adding value is really just thinking, how can I solve problems and make connections that would have synergy? So my thought process with that is if I'm the person that others look to when they have a problem, one day they're going to have a problem that my business was created to solve and I'll be the first person they think of. So so that's that's kind of how I view things. And I'm, I'm always thinking, you know, how can I... Who's somebody else that I know that would be great for Jimbo's podcast, right? For Jimbo's show, the Jimbo Pear Show. Who, who is a good person that would be a great interview? It would, be, it would benefit you. It would fit in alignment with that. And then it would also benefit the person that I know. And so that's just how I view things. It's kind of an ongoing lens of how I view the world. And I try to do that all the time. I'm not trying to have an abundance mindset where I have a group of, of friends locally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that as soon as I do a more local speaking event, podcast, whatever the case is, 
I immediately tell them, hey, I've got three, four, five people that are in my same lane, right? They're coaches. They have obviously their own slant on things. They might be into, you know, transformational coaching, transition. They might be into different generations in the workplace. You know, how do you have all the different generations work in the workplace? But I always recommend them and put, put them out there. I'm not afraid of putting other people out there so that they too can have success because I think in the end there's plenty for all of us and and we can all win. So I think those, you know, kind of things, those mindsets are what uh, adds value to others and enables me to solve problems. Now on a very practical level, as far as my business is concerned, how do I add value? It's about solving problems, right? Figuring out what does success look like for my clients and then figuring out a way to get there. You know, how do we how do we get do you want to increase revenues? How do we get there? Do you want to, to cut down on turnover? How do we get there? Do you want your employees to be happy at work and not resign and, and do well? How do we get there? And so that's, that's how I add value to my clients. And that's what they pay me for, right? Is to get results for them. And you were mentioning a lot, how do we get there? How do we get there? And I keep on seeing that sign behind you that says leverage creativity. So yeah. how do you kind of leverage that creative ability of yours to answer that how? Yeah, it's challenging sometimes, right? Because there, there are different challenges that come your way. But something I'm working on with a client that we've done the last few years is working with small businesses, you know, they, they don't have an, a full HR department and, and, and all those types of things. And so the CEO of this practice came to me and said, man, we love what you're doing with training. A problem we have that we really want to measure the satisfaction of our employees. And I just so happened, I was getting my MBA at that time and I was reading through, taking some courses on measuring job satisfaction. And so I, I said, okay, I've got to figure out how I can take this and, and go ahead and use it to help out my client. And I put together a, from the materials that I had, we put together a job satisfaction survey and we've used that to measure the satisfaction of their employees year over year for the past three years. And so that's one of the ways that, that I go, okay, how can I creatively solve their problem? Another one is it, all of us had to do this, but during the pandemic, I was before the pandemic, I was super heavy on training, lighter on coaching and all my stuff was in person almost exclusively. Well, when the pandemic hits, you know, you've, you've got to switch over. All of us had to do that. Well, what about the companies that made a decision that we're, we're pretty much going to be, ex, you know, moving forward exclusively remote. And at the same time, our team members have Zoom fatigue, right? They're tired of, of doing meetings in Zoom and, and the training is just one more meeting. So how do we leverage creativity to engage the team? And so had to really rack my brain on, you know, how do I do this? What kind of activities, how do we get more interaction between individuals instead of just a talking head, me sitting here talking at people on how they can communicate better, work better as a team. So really solving those problems and, and trying to think outside the box, doing some things that are that put people in a little more vulnerable state. I'll, I'll just give you an example, Jimbo. One of the things I did with a client, and I've done in person, but, uh, but we did it in Zoom, was words of affirmation is what I've called it. Or another way you could say it is words of appreciation. And really what it is is, you have a team, let's say, of 20 people in your office. You sit everybody down and you say, okay, what we're going to do is everybody at some point during, during our time today is going to sit in the hot seat. And, and what that means is that you're, you're going to have 
two to three fellow employees share something that they appreciate about you. And then we'll move to the next person. And I'm telling you, business interactions, we do this thing, we did it on Zoom, and you've got people crying because they hear that a coworker thinks that they're just amazing at their job, or they always come in with a great attitude and it lifts them and makes them have a better attitude. Or every time I talk to you, just makes my day. Whatever the case is, they're giving all, or you're so good at your job and you always find the, the details, all this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, you've got these tough leaders that are crying because they're, they're just so amazed of what their fellow team members think of them. So that's a creative way that I'm telling you, it makes you feel vulnerable. Right. Because I'm sitting here like, what if they all say that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard? I'm, this is this is a work environment. I'm not going to do that. I might do that with my family, but I'm not going to do that at work. And you kind of put yourself out there and take that risk. But high risk, high reward. Right. That's that's kind of the, mm-hmm. the name of the game. And those are some of the things where I think when you get people in those places of vulnerability, that's where the bonding takes place and people really connect with one another. Yeah. Right. Well, that sounds great. I like how everything sounds there. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Jimbo. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for interviewing me and taking the time to do this. It was my privilege as well. So kind of get a bit into this now to end this off. Before we end this off, can you kind of, do you have any final last words you'd like to say to the audience? I would probably say we've talked about business. We've talked about work. We've talked about your dream. And a lot of people did this during the pandemic, but If you don't like your job, if you hate your job situation, then quit. Life's too short. Whenever you're in a conflict like that, you really have three options. You can address the problem, have a conversation with the person that you're having conflict with, change the department you work in, whatever the case is. You can get over it or you can quit. And that's what I tell my coaching clients all the time. It's so simple, but you always have three options. What I like about telling people that they have those options is that they recognize that they have control over their situation. So whoever's listening, whoever this is for, I want you to know you have control over your situation. You have those three options that you can make in the work environment. Address the problem. Get over it. Just say, you know, I'm not going to let it bother me anymore or quit. Move on. Find a new opportunity because life's too short. You know, live your dream. Do do what you love. And that's what I would say in, in parting thoughts to your listeners. Great. Great. Okay. I love this interview. I hope you liked it too, audience. So All right. So just to kind of quickly end this off, I would like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Kamiana Jones Bay and Jones Bay. They're both actually in real estate and in salon shop work, and they're focused on building and growing new entrepreneurs and helping you make those six figures. Next person we have is LifeWork Systems. They basically are a collaborative group run by Judy Ryan, and they're kind of looking at growing businesses, helping with employee relationships, those sorts of things. And also we have a YouTube channel. So subscribe to us, look at us. This will be on our YouTube channel. And we additionally have a Roku TV channel. So this will be on Roku TV as well as all the other episodes. So stay tuned for that as well. All right. So yeah, this is Jimbo. This is the Jimbo Paris show. Thanks again, Drew. All right. That's the show. Awesome.
Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 